Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. All right, let's read. Uh, We're going to read in the New King James Version, Matthew chapter 9, verses, uh, let's start verse 35. You all ready? Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Amen. Amen. Lord, I just pray for a real good time in the next 30 minutes. And please help this preacher in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I've never heard you say amen that loud (laughs) until I prayed for myself. Wow. That was encouraging or not. I don't know. I'm not sure. (laughs) Thank you, sweetie. Appreciate that. Is it really hot? Is it going to burn me if I drink some in front of the whole church? Mm. Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's actually lukewarm. I almost spewed it out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> That's a Jesus joke, a revelation joke. <laughs> uh, man, what a wonderful season we live in. Uh, and as a church and as the church, the body of Christ, I believe that we're in one of the greatest hours the church has ever lived in. I really believe that. I have faith in my heart. I have hope in my heart. I have courage in my heart that we as the people of God are about ready to arise and shine in such an amazing way. Do you believe that? I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad for the season that we as a local church are living in, in this area, in this region, in the city. And uh, man, God has, it's a suddenly moment. I really believe that. And I I was moved by this scripture, and I want to talk to you today about compassion. And I want to talk to you today about biblical compassion, and that we together would just look, I'm going to look at three things that I see in this text that the compassion of Jesus does, three things that it does. And I think a um, a lot of times we have, you know, different definitions of love, of compassion, and and in society, in the world, in communities, in culture, right? And, and let's look at what the scripture says and let's have an open heart to see what true compassion is and looks like. Amen? You know, um, we are moving into, who loves the, the Thanksgiving and Christmas season? Isn't Thanksgiving like a week away? Who's ready to eat and feast? Well, we're calling a church fast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That'd be the worst timing ever. Can you imagine? Let's all fast. No turkey and stuffing. How many? Everyone just leaves the church. That'd be a good way to lose some parishioners. <laughs> I love Thanksgiving. I love just hanging out with family. I love Christmas. Come on, somebody. I love decorating. My wife the other day was, uh, was saying, she's like, dang it, I missed like harvest decorations. She, usually she goes all out. And even though we have decorations, she has to buy new decorations. 
I will never understand this. I could understand maybe a couple new things, but okay, anyways. Um, so, uh, but she was saying, oh man, I missed, you know, harvest. I'm like, well, there's always Christmas, honey. I mean, you know, and it's, the rules seem to change every year. It's like, you know, some people decorate for Christmas a couple weeks before Christmas. Some do it like on Thanksgiving. Who does it like on Thanksgiving time? Come on, somebody. Well, in our household, it just changed. We, we already have our Christmas tree up. And I've learned over the years, my wife really honors me and respects me as her husband, the one who cultivates and releases and is for her. But I have no authority when it comes to decorating for the holidays. <laughs> No say at all. I'm like, why is the tree white? We're in Rochester. There's white everywhere. Like, the winter's going to be white all the time. Snow. Why is the tree white? She's like, because I like it. I'm like, all right, whatever. Why are the stockings white? I want red stockings. Can we have color lights? No. I have no authority at all. So I'm thinking about buying my own little Charlie Brown tree and decorating. Having, I'll put it in my office. You can't touch it. I'll change the locks. Oh, the glorious season we're stepping into. I love turkey and stuffing and all that stuff. And I was thinking about when my wife, though, she said, I miss harvest decorations. And, and I was thinking about the harvest. And this scripture came to mind. And then the Lord began to speak to me. And I, I actually thought about uh, my grandfather, who was a wheat farmer. And uh, he actually owned tens of thousands of acreage. And, and I had this thought... I, you know, all the work, I mean, that he, he poured his entire life and left a legacy to his kids and really respect and honor him. This is my mom's dad. Um, and, and I remember, like, seeing how much work and effort they put into cultivating, to sowing, to, you know, and he had all this equipment and everything. And I can imagine, can you imagine what a loss it would be if you sow and you cultivate and you have this land, you have good soil, and then it's harvest time and you miss harvest time? You miss it. You miss harvest time. Wouldn't that be horrible? I mean, think about the value. I mean, it would cost him dearly. It would cost people dearly. Now, translate this into the text where Jesus is saying, look at the harvest. It's ripe. And I want to talk to you about three things that I see that compassion, true compassion. How many want, like, I want to know what real love is. Like, we have culture's definition of love, culture's definition of you know, what judgment is, you know, well, only God's my judge. Don't judge me. And, you know, we have all these sayings, but I want to know what compassion is. I've been told, and there are times I'm probably not the most compassionate person, but I think sometimes we mistake agreeableness. I don't even know if that's a word, but we, we mistake enablement with compassion. How many know that God's compassion doesn't just say come as you are, stay as you are. God's compassion and love says, come as you are, and I'll transform you and set you free. And I want to look at these three things. The first thing that I see, say this with me if you would, compassion moves. Moves. Moves us. The Bible says that he was moved with compassion. One of the reasons I believe he was moved is because he saw. You know, a lot of times as people, I think we look, but we don't see. Hello? The same way, like, you can hear but not understand. How many know the Bible talks about this? Like, let him who has ears hear what the Spirit says. 
And the same way sometimes we look, but we don't see. I thought about the verse, and this is kind of a play on words, but um, there's some truth to this where Jesus talks about uh, if a man looks at a woman with lust in his eye, he's already committed adultery in his heart. How many know that scripture? How many know that like Jesus wasn't just saying you're committing the sin internally, although that is true. The thought is seen before God, and of course it's sin. But I, I believe what Jesus is also saying is if your heart is oriented in a certain direction, your eyes will be open to where your heart is open to. In the same way, sometimes we look and we don't see. And I think that when Jesus said, if anyone looks at a woman, now this is a play on words, but hear me. If, if we as men, okay, or as women, women lusting, whatever, the, the deal is lust, right? If we see someone for who they are, we won't look and lust. Because when you see someone, you see the value that they are. And in the same way, Jesus was moved with compassion. Compassion is not sympathy. Compassion doesn't just say, bless you, I hope you get better. Compassion moves you to accomplish something in the earth. And the way it happens is God opens our eyes to see. So don't just look at the harvest but see the harvest. And I believe that's why Jesus was moved. He saw the multitudes. I love the song. Uh, I think it's called What Moves You, or I don't know the name of the song, but just tell me what moves you. Is it a fragrance? Then Then I will pour my oil out. Is it a life laid down? Then here I give my vows. Is it a song that I sing? Then here's every melody. Just tell me what moves you. And I found that when I look into the eyes of Jesus, I see the fire in his eyes, and I begin to understand what moves his heart, and then it moves my heart. Because when we're moved internally, we move externally. God fashions and does something in our hearts when we're in his presence where we begin to see the world differently, but we're not just looking, we're seeing. And my prayer is is that we would, somebody shared this with me after the first service, that we would embrace his compassion. Yes. That God would fashion our hearts to not just look, but to see. So that we are moved. God, tell me what moves you. I think about the story of Heidi Baker. If you don't know who she is, she's an amazing uh, missionary. And uh, she's wild and eccentric. But she has been to parts of the world that nobody would go to. Feeding the poor, preaching the gospel, opening blind eyes and deaf ears and miracle signs and wonders and she exemplifies the heart and the love of God in such a an amazing way and her story is when she encountered Jesus she saw the fire in his eyes and it was looking in the eyes of Jesus and her being asked by the Lord will you go to Mozambique will you go to these people and will you feed them will you love them and and in that moment it was looking in the eyes of Jesus that her heart was moved and she began to see not just look, but see the harvest in a distant foreign place in Mozambique, Africa. And that's what moved her externally was what God did moved internally. There's something about gazing into the eyes of Jesus where we are moved internally. Can you say amen? Amen. I was telling somebody recently, we were getting our photos done, family photos, and uh, Abby was doing our family photos and we're looking forward to seeing how they came out. Hopefully, you know, she can use a lot of uh, Photoshop for my face 
You know, I asked her to get Thor's face and just put Thor's face over. Dude, that'd be cool. I'm going to ask her. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but she was like, Rochelle, your eyes are so beautiful. I'm like, they are, huh? 22 years. It's eyes every time. I could be mad at her. And she just looks at me and my heart just melts. The love of my bride, her gaze moves my heart. How much more the gaze of our groom move the bride to be moved with compassion and see the harvest is ripe all around us. And I, I want to tell you before I move to the second one, we are living in the harvest time. Just like in John chapter 4, after Jesus makes an appointment into a divine appointment by going through Samaria. How many know an appointment turns into a divine appointment when love is in your heart? And Jesus meets this woman at the well who was broken, rejected, and had a past. And he chose her and he loved her. And she was the one to represent the gospel to the Samaritan people. And the Bible says that Jesus, after being asked by the disciples, they're like, first of all, they're like, Lord, why are you talking to her and all this? And and then he says, and they said, you know, are you hungry? And, and he's like, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Amen. And he says, look, look at the, the fields of harvest. In four months, it's supposed to be harvest time. But Jesus says, I'm telling you, harvest time is now. I believe that's a prophetic word for us. The harvest time is now. So may our hearts be moved and open to the harvest, open to broken people. Come on. God's looking for disciples and leaders to make disciples and be open. I found there's a spiritual dynamic even related to churches that are usually of one ethnicity. There's predominantly black churches, predominantly white or Hispanic. And I'm telling you, we have to make sure our heart is open to people because we want a church that looks like heaven. Come on. I want Hispanic and black and Pacific Islanders and white. Come on. Every nation, tribe, and color. The harvest is ripe. May our hearts be open, not just to look at the harvest. Oh, look at the harvest. That's great. But see it and see the value. See that there's a harvest of souls. Be moved. God, what moves you? I want to be moved. The Greek word for compassion is splunknizomai. Isn't that wonderful? I speak Greek. Praise God. It's gut-wrenching. It's mentioned 12 times in the New Testament. It, it's the inner parts. The, the Hebrews believe that mercy and benevolence was enthroned upon the bowels. I believe it comes historically from when Jesus ate a really spicy Mediterranean pizza. And afterwards, he said, Lord, have mercy on my bowels. No, I'm just kidding. I totally made that up. Come on, guys. That was pretty funny, actually. When we're moved internally, we move externally. Compassion moves us when we see, not just look. Number two, compassion lives. Compassion lives out. Compassion lives out the kingdom reign. The Bible says in, in Matthew 9, he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. If you read Matthew chapter 9, man, Jesus was doing his thing. He's opening blind eyes. There's a couple blind guys that get healed. Come on, there's a guy that says, hey, my daughter is dead, but if you touch her, she'll be healed. So Jesus is on his way to pray for this girl who is dead, which by the way, he raises her from the dead and says, she's not dead, she's sleeping. Come on, somebody. And on his way there, the crowd is thronging at him and he says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, really, Jesus, who touched you? You're surrounded by people. But 
but he felt power and virtue come out of him. It was a woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, and the Lord touched her. There was virtue. And how many know Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil? God was with him. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as the people of God, we should be demonstrating, we should be living out the kingdom of God and bringing salvation and healing and deliverance to people around us. The kingdom of God is not just some future thing. Yes, it will come fully and be consummated fully, but it's here and now, and the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you and I and in our midst. The kingdom of God is in your hand. The kingdom keys are in your hand. So it's time to open doors that cannot be closed and close doors that cannot be opened. Come on, somebody. I love this. So Jesus, in Matthew 9, man, he's like, he goes up to Matthew. He's like, Matthew, Matthew's in his tax office. He's on his MacBook Pro. Because he left PC behind because he knew what was up. And, he, and Jesus, that's so dumb. I don't even know why I say stuff like that. Pray for me. Jesus is like, Matthew, follow me. That's all he said. Follow me. And then Matthew, just one disciple following Jesus. All of a sudden now Jesus is eating dinner with a bunch of tax collectors and sinners. Who's this rabbi that he welcomes us? What does it look like for us practically to show compassion this holiday season? Maybe it's invite someone to your table. And let them experience the love of God and the expression of Trinitarian love through your family. Right there at the table, feasting, giving thanks and gratitude. Jesus ate with sinners. He called tax collectors. He interrupted religious situations the pharisees are questioning him and he just shuts them down all these religious devils you know look at the story of the woman caught in adultery he demonstrates the gospel of the kingdom the woman who the pharisees say this woman should be stoned according to the law and he says well if you don't have any sin then go ahead but he's without sin among you let him throw the stone first and you know the story right one by one the older to the younger they all begin to leave And Jesus looks at the woman in the dirt and says, look at me. Where are your condemners? She says, they're not here. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's the compassion of heaven. The compassion of heaven finds us in our dirt and rewrites our story. I believe when Jesus was writing, there's something in the in the Hebrew culture where it was like forbidden because the Ten Commandments, God wrote them on the tablets of stone. Some scholars believe when he was writing, it was like offensive even to the Pharisees. I believe he was rewriting her history. He was wiping away her sin. And then when he released her and said, go and sin no more, he demonstrated the gospel of the kingdom that the kingdom of God is not just a matter of talk, but of power. 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of God is in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit. So that from Jerusalem and all around, Paul says, I will fully preach the gospel. We need the full gospel. And the full gospel is demonstrated. The full gospel is lived out. I wrote a few things down. I want to encourage you before I move to the last point. The kingdom of God is not demonstrated in a hashtag on social media. The kingdom of God is not just demonstrated what we stand up for, what we don't stand up for. The t- kingdom of God is not demonstrated through our politics, 
through scapegoating or canceling someone. We don't see change by promoting retributive indoctrination, but rather by going low and washing feet. By going low and showing the radical extravagant love of God. And this is our time to arise and shine, church. The kingdom of God comes and transforms our ideas and thoughts and our ways. The kingdom of God comes by the power of the Spirit of God. It's lived out to bring reconciliation, restoration, and transformation by a love revolution. God's compassionate love does not cower or accommodate to lies and bondage. The compassion of Jesus is humble and strong. Come on. is beautiful and bold. It doesn't just agree with us. It stoops low then lifts us high in Him. His compassion says you were not designed to be in this cage. Come on. You were designed to fly. You were not designed to live in turmoil and pain or in fear. You were designed to live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit because that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the reign of heaven that brings God's abounding, thriving, innovative, creative, peaceful, healing, loving order to a world of disorder and brokenness. And Jesus, moved with compassion, demonstrated the kingdom of God. And may we embrace his compassion and also demonstrate the kingdom. Before I go to the last point, Isaiah chapter 60, just a couple verses. This is prophetic for the season that we are in. Arise and shine, for your light has come. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, look and see. The darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, encounter church, and His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles, the world, will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Can you say amen? amen. The last thing that I see here is that true compassion, it gives. Yes. It gives. Love is self-giving and other-centered. Love is sacrificial. And I'm reminded of the story in Acts chapter 3 where Peter and John, they went up to the temple, the hour of prayer. It was like 9 in the morning. I love that. That just, that just resonates with my spirit. The hour of prayer is not 6 a.m. It's 9 a.m. Amen. Who's with me for 9 a.m. prayer meetings? Who's with me for 6 a.m. prayer meetings? Three holy people in here. Y'all are just too holy for me. I don't even think the Lord is up. Oh, no, he don't ever sleep or slumber. Sorry. <laughs> I will say sometimes, like, I get woken up at, like, 5 in the morning. I heard another preacher saying this. I'm like, man, this happens to me. And I'm just getting downloads. I'm like, why now? And I have to wake up and write it down, all right? And I always forget. I always forget. So at like five in the morning, the Lord's like whispering the secrets of the kingdom. I'm like, Lord, why you got to whisper the secrets of the kingdom at five in the morning? Why can't you do it at like 10 after I had my coffee? <laughs> Lord's like, because I do what I want to do. So they're at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. They're going into the temple. And a certain man that was lame from his mother's womb was carried and he was there daily, begging at the gate called Beautiful. He used to ask for alms. Anyone that would come in. Verse 3, Peter and John, they're about to go in the temple. Um, and he's asking for alms. And fixing their, his eyes on him with John and Peter, he said, John and Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Verse 6. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, 
I give to you. What I do have, I give to you. Freely receive, now freely give. In Matthew 9, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And then he says, pray that the Lord would send out labors. And then Jesus partnered with the Father and sees what the Father's doing, doesn't just pray for something, but he partners with God and does something practical by releasing labors into the harvest. Well, we got to pray for the harvest. We've got to pray for Rochester. Well, let's go out and win some souls then. And he sends him out with authority. He says, in other parts of the gospel, he says, freely receive, freely give. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Like here, the kingdom of God is, is, is upon you. The kingdom of God has come near. Go release the peace. Go release the kingdom of God. Release righteousness, peace, and joy. Go do the stuff, disciples. And here, Peter and John are. They've been discipled by the Lord. He says, I'm not giving you money, if I could paraphrase. Because that will just keep you where you're at. See, compassion does not enable us in our bondage. Compassion does not keep us in our stuff. But compassion stoops low and lifts us up high in Him. And the Bible says, He says, what I do have. Say, what I do have. have. I I give. What you have, you have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, quickens your body. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You have something to give. You have love to show. You have light to shine. You have kindness to show benevolence to the poor, to the broken, to the hurting. It's our call. We're created. We're created to show the love of God. There's hungry people, not just hungry for food, but they're starving for the love of God. We go into Wegmans and we go into our coffee shops, not Starbucks because it's not real coffee. We go into <laughs> coffee shops and I say that as I'm crying. I don't know what's wrong with me. And there's people, all, the harvest is all around us. If you see, if you just ask God to give you eyes to see, they're all around. Partner with our city on, on second Saturdays. Come on, you need to go see Mark and Leah. We're partnering with places in our community. There's opportunity for us to reach our city. Come on, there are broken people that need to hear the gospel. Come on, there are people. Let's be Jesus to the world. Let's be Jesus to our communities. Come on, this is a time for us in this season. The world doesn't know what they need. The world doesn't know, but we have what they need. We have something to give. We have the love of of God. And Peter and John said, rise up and walk. That's what the world needs is the power of God to rise up and become what they're created to be. Can you say amen? Amen. It was a profound miracle. The guy gets up and he's leaping and praising God. That's why we dance in church. Come on, somebody. You know, I rolled my ankle this week really bad. I was stepping off a thing and I stepped on something and rolled it and I couldn't walk. I was jacked and I was upset Because I'm like, man, I just hurt my hand. I hurt my ankle. Now I can't walk. I ain't even going to church. I was just totally upset. Don't we sometimes project our past pain on our current hurt, thinking it's going to be like our past pain? Hmm, that'll preach. And I was hurting, you know, Rochelle's like, let's go to Target and get some Christmas decorations. I'm like, we don't even need any. We have everything. We throw stuff away. Why do we need? Okay, anyways, help me. Pray for me. So I went to Target, and she's like, I just want to be inspired. And then, of course, 
Hannah says this, or Sarah says the same thing before they even talk. Let's go to Target and be inspired. I'm like, be inspired. I'm such a Scrooge sometimes. What's wrong with me? So I go to Target, and I couldn't walk, but they have electric scooters. So I rode around the electric scooter, and I'm singing Christmas songs in Target. My foot hurt. And then I got a text from a guy who, uh, he does like healing ministry, and he's an evangelist, and very well known, and he's going to be in town, and he was in town this last weekend, and uh, or, uh, on Friday, and he, he wanted to connect. He's like, yeah, we're doing a meeting. I'm like, hey, maybe I'll just come to the meeting. He's going to be preaching and stuff, and so I'm sitting down, and I text him that. As soon as I stand up, I'm like, what in the world? I mean, like instant breakthrough. I didn't even get prayer. I just made a step of faith. To say, all right, I'm going to go to the meeting. And like, I mean, significant. I'm like, Rochelle, come look at this. She's like, what happened? I'm like, I just decided to go to some Holy Ghost meeting tonight and got some healing. Come on, somebody. So good. Now imagine this, though. This guy didn't just roll his ankle. He was lame from birth. And the Bible says, through what happened in that moment, Peter grabbing his hand, imparting the power of God. Rise and be healed, demonstrating the kingdom. Rise and walk. I believe as the church right now, we should be going to the broken places, the confusion, the hurt, the oppressed, the heartache, the people bound in fear because of the pandemic still, people hiding, and we can go up to them and grab them by the hand and say, you might not receive from me what you think you need, but I have something to give to you. Rise up and walk. Do what you're created to do. And it happens through us embracing the compassion and the love of God, where God fashions our hearts in his presence. And something happens where it's almost like when we choose to love with his love, it's like it opens up this valve and this river of life just flows and people get touched and healed and set free. Who in here wants a river of compassion to flow through them? Come on. Compassion moves us. We can see compassion lives out the kingdom reign through us and compassion gives. And I encourage you, you have something to give. Would you pray with me, church? Father, I thank you for what you're doing here that encounter. I thank you for what you're doing all across the world through your church. Father, I just pray that the heart of Jesus would beat within us in a greater way. Fashion our hearts to be like yours so we can see and be moved with compassion. One of the translations says that they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were scattered. One translation says they were harassed. Jesus has anointed us. He's anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent us to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to heal 
all those that are oppressed, come on, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You have that same anointing on your life. It is the cause of Christ. It's why we do what we do, to see people saved, healed, and delivered. So my prayer is that we as a church would embrace the love and the compassion of heaven so that we begin to be moved again. Come on. We would begin to see again, not just look, but see the harvest. I want compassion. I'm praying this for my own life. I remember times where compassion flowed for me generously and quickly. And it's like, there's times I'm just like, wait, what, what's going on? God fashioned my heart. Is there something that my heart, maybe, you know, I've, I've retained something where my heart is callous. I don't want that. I want to be loving to the world around us. I want to be loving to the community around me. Come on. I want a heart of the shepherd. I want the heart of Jesus to beat through me. So it's time to shine church. If you're with me and you want, you want that, you want to embrace the compassion of Jesus, I just want you to lift your hands in the air right now. I want to pray for you. Lift your hands up. Say, that's me. Come on as a church. I pray that we would just receive, just receive right now. Tell me what moves you. I want to look into your eyes. I don't want to see the fire of your eyes that those eyes of love that actually burn for me and burn for humanity. I want to know what real compassion is. It's not just agreeing with somebody. Oh, it's powerful and uncompromising truth and that transforms and heals and changes and brings change. That's what we want, Lord. We want your kingdom reign. That's our prayer. With your hands lifted high, come on, just begin to see right now with the eyes of your heart, begin to see the eyes of Jesus. He loves you. His heart burns for you. And he's calling us as a church to be commissioned into a new level of glory, of being compassionate, moved, and living out the kingdom, and giving what we have. You have something to give. I encourage you. You have something to give through acts of kindness and mercy and smiles and words and prayers and inviting people at your table. May you be a vessel of a fresh river of the compassionate love of Jesus in this season. Look at the harvest. It's ripe. It's upon us and he's giving it to us. Before I dismiss you, I want to tell you a really quick story. Years ago, I had a dream, and I believe it's for now. I really do. In the dream, um, I'm sitting at this table, and there's like a prophet, and there's like some sort of angel in the dream, and so vivid. When the Lord gives me dreams, it's vivid, kind of like the dream I had of the building, and you just can't shake it. And I could feel like this emotional and the presence of God and this impact on my heart. And so my wife and I are sitting at a table, and we're at a table with all these generals in the kingdom. And it was like, you know, Bill and Benny Johnson and like, I mean, tremendous men and women of God where we felt like, why are we here, you know? And uh, and one by one, and some people are just, you know, ministers and different people like the Heidi Bakers and, and, and they're standing up. Okay, stand up and one person or two people would stand up and, and the prophetic the prophet would just give them some sort of powerful word and then the angel was like backing him up it was it was just very interesting and and they go around the whole table and then it's our turn 
and, and we stand up, and my wife and I, and this is my dream, we stand up and we're like, I, we don't know what they're going to say, but this is incredible. And the prophet looks at the angel, and the angel has something in his hands and hands it to us, and he says, embrace this. And so we embrace it in the dream, and it felt like a pillow. I probably was embracing my pillow at that moment. I don't know. You know, you wake up and you... Or maybe I was embracing Rochelle. I don't know. But in the dream, I was embracing something. And then the prophet says, that's a prophetic act of you embracing the harvest. The Lord says, I'm giving you the harvest. We're living in the time of a harvest, man. Don't miss your time of visitation. Guard your heart. Stay focused on what he's called you to do. Be moved internally so you move externally. Give because you freely received. And live out the kingdom. By knowing the heart of the king, it's easy, it's effortless. Just know his heart for humanity. So many people need the love of God and you're the person to give it to him. Can you say amen? God's giving us the harvest. So we embrace it. Would you just sing this a couple more times? A few times, tell me what moves you, Lord. And ask the Lord to show you his heart. for a spirit of evangelism to burn within us all afresh. A call to go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We say yes. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. My heart is forever branded. It's why I do what I do. I thought I was going to be a businessman my whole life. And God says, well, you could do a little bit of that, but I've, I've called you to preach the gospel. And I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. I want to pray um, for some people, and our prayer team's going to minister to you. So we're going to, I want to have an altar call and open up the altars in just a sec. And I want you to just get ready. Just stay in the attitude of prayer for fresh fire of the love of God to just hit you. And some of you in this room, you're like, I just need a little altar time to just burn a little bit more. And that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to dismiss anyone that wants to be dismissed. But I want to invite you, if you're in this place and you feel like the Lord is branding your heart for the harvest, I want you to quickly, without hesitation, 
fill this altar. Come, come, come quickly. Come, come, come. Come, just kneel before the Lord. Just come and pray. Come, ha, sha, ba, re, so, ya, ra. Pray in the hearts. There it is. Pray in the hearts. Already, fire. Pray in the hearts. Begin to just intercede and pray right now. Would you just begin to intercede and pray and ask God, give me your heart. Lord, I want my heart to beat with yours. That's it. Come on, fill this, fill this whole place up here. Just burn, just burn, just burn. Pray in the, your prayer language. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Tell me what moves you. Tell me what moves you. Oh. Tell me what moves you. Woo. Tell me what moves you. Oh. And there is a harvest. You're leading us to. The hungry and broken. Ooh, so good. You're calling them to you. So I will respond, Lord. Let your love shine through. Just tell me what moves you. Just tell me what moves you. The communities, the cities. There is a heart hurting the broken. You're leading us Ooh. to the hungry and broken. You're calling them to you, so I will respond, Lord. Let your love shine through. Just tell me what moves you. Just tell me what moves you. Sing that, tell me what moves you. Just tell me what moves you. Let it be your cry. Tell me what moves you. I want to see your heart, God. Just tell me what moves you. That's what Jesus was doing in Matthew 9. He's like, I'm healing the sick. I'm revealing my heart. This is what I do. Now I'm sending you out to do the same. Tell me what moves you. Just tell me what moves you. So I pray right now for the fire of God's love. healing heart wounds he's pouring out his affection the father's wonderful affection he's embracing you you're not alone you're not abandoned the Holy Spirit is making the fatherhood of God so real to you right now and when you experience the father's love it overflows and you become possessed with the spirit of adoption where you just look for people to display the Father's wonderful love possess us with the spirit of adoption Lord I pray put your hand over your heart would you I'm going to just pray one last time. We're going to dismiss. And then anyone that's up here can just hang. We're going to have altar time. Just pray over your heart. Lord. Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. 
Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.